On today's episode, we've got one of the most respected names in the Amazon game, Casey Goss, who's gonna talk about strategies ranging from product launch to Google advertising, split testing, and he also has a cool origin story that includes how he coded his famous software with socks on his hands because it was so cold. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. We've got one of the most serious sellers of all time, Casey Goss in the house. Casey, how's it going? It is going well, Bradley. Thank you so much for having me. Cool, cool. Thank you for coming on. Are you still in Indiana? Is it? I am. Indianapolis for now. We'll see. Getting a little tired of it, but yes, sir. Okay. Well, what's the what's the weather out uh, there right now? Right now, it is like 55 and sunny. I just got back from a walk, so it's okay. Yeah. For us here in Southern California, 55 is we, we better put on our heavy jackets and uh, <laughs> and stuff. That's pretty cool. But for you guys, it's the opposite. Hey, that's t-shirt and shorts weather almost, huh? Almost, yeah. Sweatshirt, uh, some joggers, and I was, I was very comfortable. Cool. Now, were, were you born and raised there in uh, Indiana? I was born in Louisiana, but I, I was raised in Michigan. Okay. So, so you've been in different places when, when you were growing up, you know, obviously it's like, what did you want to be when you grew up? I want to start a software mm-hmm. company. It's not usually the thing, but like, what, what, you know, did you want to be a firefighter or astronaut? What, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? Uh, the real questions. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be both an astronaut and the president, but definitely an astronaut. Like space has always kind of been my thing. Nice. Nice. Like, man, like I, I, I bet nowadays more kids, uh, I, I think there's a, a period of time where that wasn't really a hot thing. Like, you know, I'm assuming like 60s and 70s when that, that was kind of a hot thing. But then like for the last 20 years, there hasn't been much happening in space. But now all of a sudden, all these all these news things about Mars and rovers and going back to the moon. Like, I bet you there's going to be a lot more people wanting to be an astronaut. That's, that's kind of cool. Now, when you graduated high school, though, did you, you know, obviously there's no astronaut school or something like, uh, so I'm assuming you kind of like change what you're your, your career path was going to be. Did you enter college right afterwards? Yeah. I like, and I always had ideas and always wanted to be like an inventor. And so I think that's like, you know, pretty much stuck with me. I didn't think it was very practical to get a job kind of in the astronomy world. And so I was kind of debating between engineering. That's what my dad is. And, uh, just like, I guess business. And so I, I was always interested in like marketing because you have to be really creative. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I wasn't, quite sure what I wanted to do. So business was general enough. So yeah, I went to college right after high school, ran track. I went to a small uh, Christian college in Indiana. That's how I ended up here. What event did you do in track? Pole vault and 400 hurdles. Um, yeah, pole vault was yeah, like- That's an main. interesting combo right there, you know? It is, yeah. Some people I mean, do was- long jump and then triple <laughs> jump, you know, or, or the four by 100 relay and then the 200, you know? But When did the pivot happen where you're like, mm. man, this Amazon thing is a thing? Yeah, it was this. So my freshman year of college, this this entrepreneur came and spoke in, in my class and like kind of introduced this concept of entrepreneurship. My dad is very like, you know, kind of played by the rules, like it's an engineer. You kind of like just follow, follow the, the progression. He's been at the same company since he graduated college as an engineer still to this day. So, yeah, this guy came, spoke in my class and, and was talking about all these like just interesting novel ways that he was like making money in college. He He was like bought a printing press, uh, like a, a shirt press and was like making 
shirts and and uh, selling it out of his dorm room. He would like go get uh, people interested in in like having a piece of pizza, and so he'd he'd like collect a dollar from ten people or eight people, and then go buy a five dollar pizza, profit two bucks, and have a free slice of pizza. So like it just got me going on ideas to make money, and so all my ideas were like app ideas like who hasn't had an idea for like oh it'd be so cool if there was an app that did this and so you know i didn't have any money uh didn't grow up with you know much money so i didn't have money to like hire someone to do it so i just taught myself how to code dropped out of college building these like ios apps and um a friend of mine his name's jordan decker uh he was selling on amazon and he's like dude like uh, if you just throw up this website, we start collecting emails, we can start running giveaways and we could probably make like $10,000 a month. And you could use that to kind of like fund whatever else you're interested in as uh, like, and use this as a side hustle. That's, well, that was what my year we talking about now? 2014. 2014. Okay. So like, what was your mate? Like, what was your, you know, how were you sustaining yourself? Uh, like, did you have a nine to five or something at that time when you're, when you're having this talks? Yeah, no. So I, I just, so I left college, moved back home. My, my younger brother, he, uh, he was like, yeah, delivering pizzas. We moved to Indiana from Michigan, um, to, to like be, go back to the college town. I had a girlfriend now, now wife at the time wanted to be around my friends. My brother wanted to get out of town essentially. So he was kind of like paying for stuff with this construction job. Like we really didn't have any money. Um, you know, I like, my, my girlfriend, my wife, she was like paying for stuff. And like, yeah, it was, it was, you know, part of the story is like I coded bar launch with uh, socks on my hands. Cause it was literally so cold in, oh in, in the apartment that, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't type like my hands, like literally couldn't move and uh-huh. we, we couldn't afford heat really. So I, you, I Google like how to type when, when it's cold and they, they suggested cutting holes on the end of some like long kind of like gym Nike socks. And yeah, so I called them my hacker gloves, just wearing a winter coat, candlelight hacker gloves. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, so then you, did you start selling on Amazon yourself at, at all this time just to like, kind of like understand it or, or you, you just made the, the jump right to, you know, doing the software? Yeah. Good question. It, it was like pretty easy because I just focused on like the software and I didn't know anything about Amazon and my co-founder, uh, Jordan, he knew the Amazon stuff. He was, he was like talking to kind of like initial customers and he was contributing like a lot of those initial ideas. Um, and like, I never sold because especially back then, like the concern was that yep. people were afraid to use Viral Launch because they're like, oh, you're just going to see what yep. products I'm selling and then you're going to go sell that. I'm not sure if I ever told you, but did you know that you and I actually met like, I want to say like, might've been like 2016. Like you guys weren't viral launch. Wasn't that big yet, but I was just getting started uh, as a consultant, but um, I had really ramped up and, and it was, it was in LA and oh, I forgot what con- it was like one of the, Feedvisor? these, like, uh, what did you say? Feedvisor. That might've been it. <laughs> yeah. And then I can, I, I recognize you. And at the time I was like, Oh yeah, I'm, um, I'm like a Zomblast biggest customer. Like I do like, you know, uh, 10, wow. 10 things a day. And then like, I just introduced myself and you were like trying to like somewhat persuade me to come over <laughs> to the viral launch side. But I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But we, we just like had a talk. It was kind of like after that, that you guys kind of like blew up because still at that time, yeah. people were mainly using, uh, you know, Zomblast for a lot of these launches and stuff. But it was, uh, I always thought back to, back to that. I was like, man, I met, I met this guy like before he made it uh really, really big, but um, that's cool. that, it, that was the same event that I met uh, Manny and Guy for the first time too. 
Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know they were there. Like I didn't even, know, <laughs> I, I wasn't using helium 10 in, in those days. Like yeah. I actually found out about helium 10 way later when I was using, I was using some garbage keyword tracker uh, from this company that ended up going out of business. But then I had asked somebody in one of the, actually it was the, the Zomblast like um, Facebook group. I was like, Hey, does anybody know a good keyword tracker? But that was, that wasn't until like 2017. Um, I think Dang. that I started using there, but that's uh, crazy. I didn't even know many keywords. That's crazy. Small world. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, as some people may or may not, you know, viral launch, you know, started out, you know, as kind of strictly a, a launch uh, service and, and you guys were really good at it. At what point were you just like surveying the landscape and you're like, you know what, there's, I want, I want to do more than just, just launches. You know, th th there's a need in the industry for, for some, some software solutions. Yeah. Good question. Like it was pretty like linear, like obvious next step kind of thing. So like, you know, okay, we do a giveaway, but then some people wouldn't convert well. So and we'd go and we'd see, okay, your photos are really bad. So then we started offering product photography, which obviously doesn't have that great a margin and there's a bunch of headaches, but like I wanted to help people convert better or mm -hmm. we'd run a giveaway and like the people don't have, you know, the keywords in their, their title or their listing even. And so we're like, okay, you know, we need to help write uh, listings. And yep. so, so then we offered some of those creative services. We, we did some other things like uh, email follow-up write-ups and, and testing for you, but most of that stuff fell away. And then... Yeah, you know, like the, then the biggest problem was, okay, we can get stuff ranking, but you're, these people are launching like the exact same thing as everybody else, or it's just like super competitive and they don't even realize that, you know, they just don't have the budget to compete in like, I don't know, the iPhone 10 case market or something like that. So then we're like, okay, why are people getting into the wrong products? Okay, you know, and Jungle Scout was like pretty much the product for product research uh, mm -hmm. at the time. And so then we're like, okay, well, there's some things that they're not doing. They're not looking at historical sales volume. They're not looking at market. So there's like a bunch of opportunity to hopefully help sellers make better decisions. Cause like, you know, I think as software providers, like we start to take on this, like, I don't know, this like sense of responsibility for people's like success. And like, so I just, I just wanted to help people do a better job. And uh, yeah, so that's like, you know, then we, we launched our Chrome extension and then um, it was like, okay, well, people are still getting bad ideas. And so like, okay, then we launched our uh, like research database. And yeah, it was just like one logical step after the next. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Now, you know, in those days, do you guys have like meetings about, hey, what is Helium 10 doing? Or what is Jungle Scout doing or, mm. or, or, or something? Because I was like, you know what? I just saw an ad from Viral Launch just like maybe a couple years ago. And all of a sudden they're saying that, Something about collagen peptides. I was like, I know they're making, I know they're kind of throwing some shade at me here for me always mentioning collagen because who talks about collagen peptides? But was there any like, hey, did you guys see that video? Because I'll tell you right now, like, I'll be like, hey guys, did you see that video Casey did, you know, a while back? This is kind of cool. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I think I, I see myself as like more of like this, you know, software tech guy. Mm -hmm. And then you have like Manny, who's like just really good at marketing, yep. you know, Greg, Jungle Scout, like they're really good at marketing. So like I, one, like was trying to learn from everybody. Mm. Um, but yeah, too, like, you know, you want to understand what they're doing and you want to make sure that like you have the best kind of like offering, like, you know, one of the, so like, yeah, one of the biggest uh, like ads for, for Helium 10, I'm pretty sure is the, that like Manny walking around with the neck pillow, right? <laughs> yep, um, yep. And so like, yeah, of course, like we're always taking inspiration and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it like, it's always cool when, when you see somebody like come up with a feature or something that, you know, you hadn't thought of and you're like, Oh shoot. You know, I, I haven't thought about it that way. So.
All right, guys, quick break from this episode for the BTS Bradley's 30 second tip. Actually, this is going to be a really quick one. I might actually keep it under 30 seconds, but you guys know how people in Instagram profiles have link trees where it's just one link and then it goes to like their, their different profiles. You can actually make one. We call it button tree right within Helium 10. So go to Helium 10 and go to portals and we have something called button tree where you can go ahead and make a link to all your social media profiles, or it could be like something you use for your advertising. Like you could have a link that goes to your Amazon site, your Walmart site, your Etsy site, et cetera. So again, check out portals and then go to the new button tree feature. We're gonna talk definitely about, you know, a lot of the things that have changed, but one of the biggest changes just as far as if we're looking at a, a high level in the Amazon world is, is, you know, three years ago, when people were talking about getting on Amazon, it was always like, hey, yeah, well, let me get some you know, great revenue and, and this and that. It wasn't like, hey, I, I'm, I'm entering to exit. But nowadays, it's like that is such a hot topic. Uh, you know, kind of Thrasio was kind of like the first to the, uh, the game there and really made it, you know, made it trendy to, to like, hey, you know, start building up an Amazon business with with the, um, you know, with with a goal in mind of selling. And, and that really wasn't a, you know, you wouldn't see people talking about that. Like, I, I still remember to this day like how big of a news it was like, oh, I mean, it was like three years ago where there was this one company, this supplement company that sold for 20 million, uh, Zhao, Zhao Nutrition. There it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. And, and it was just like all over. People were like, wow, like you, you you can sell an Amazon business and get that kind of payday. But nowadays that seems to be all the rage. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, like that's interesting that you bring it up in that context. Cause yeah, I remember when, when they sold and yeah, 20 million, I, I, like they're only like two years old. And they, like they had just really done it well, so something around two years. And yeah, that number is like insane. And now, you know, comparing that with some of the deals that, you know, we see uh, at Thrasio and just across the board, I mean, there's, there's people, you know, exiting for a hundred million dollars that have like, you know, not even been around for that long. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like the thing is everyone, a lot of people looked at Amazon businesses back then as like, this long-term passive income business, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to like build it up and then I'm just going to like, you know, retire on this and this is going to be my revenue stream for so long. But I think a lot of people didn't realize that the market was, was like still in its infancy and was going to like mature so much, which means a lot more competition. And, you know, if, if five of your competitors aren't hanging out at the beach and they're constantly trying to figure out how to improve sales and overtake your position, like, and you're on the beach, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to like really maintain that, that position. So I think yeah. exiting is the best way to like take your, your chips off the table to reduce risk. Obviously I'm biased because I'm at Thrasio, but like, mm -hmm. and then you can take that money and you can do a lot with it. You can set up more passive kind of uh, streams of income, but you could start another Amazon business with sure. some of that money and you know use the rest of that to do you know pretty much whatever you want but you've taken that risk off the table and uh yeah you're out, out of the rat race if yeah yeah absolutely now going going back to kind of like take your your past and your your present right now um i i, I look to you as one of the you know experts on the, especially the the history and the evolution of of how to launch products and and get them ranked and things and and you know there are some things that everybody can see that, that kind of shifted in the industry, you know, like everybody was doing, you know, discounted giveaways, you know, two-step URLs, you know, longer back, people were doing super URLs and this and that. And, and now it's kind of moved to a lot of uh, search, find, buy and different things. Uh, I, I saw you did a, a crazy, crazy advanced, cool uh, presentation in the uh, Billion Dollar Seller Summit. And obviously we can't go into detail on that. We're all under 
the NDAs and stuff, and and you don't have to reveal that stuff. But like just in general, what can you you know talk about as far as like the state of, of launching nowadays? Like, what do you see in the industry, and what do you guys do uh, at Thrasio? Like, uh, you know, do you think most people nowadays, or you guys, you know, are you mainly using PPC? Are you still doing some kind of search find buy? Uh, are you utilizing you know existing audiences? Like, what what's the what's the the pulse of the industry right now as far as when we're talking about launching on Amazon? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Like the, the secret sauce of Thrasio is that there's no silver bullet. Like we're just able to do a bunch of things well. Um, and, you know, I've kind of always said like, there's no silver bullet, you need an arsenal. And mm -hmm. like, that is kind of the crux of the secret sauce at Thrasio is like, we just have enough people in the teams uh, that allow us to do a bunch of things well. And so like, yeah, I mean, the, the basics are still just so in incredible. Uh, so like having an optimized title, like back in the day, you used to not be able to update the title. Uh, yep. so it would usually, you know, drop your your ranking and drop your uh, sales. Like now, actually, a lot of the time when we update our title, it wasn't opt like I, like perfectly optimized. We'll see an increase in ranking just from making that update, which is yep. you know, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of like, actions that we're taking. I mean, external traffic is the name of the game and, mm -hmm. and we're now spending like a lot of, of time and money on external traffic. Not everything I, you know, I can get into, but like, sure. we're, you know, probably the biggest lever that we're using right now is external paid ads. And a lot of the time we're doing this profitably. So you can run profitable Google PPC campaigns to your Amazon listing and, um, and, and see like actually like really significant, um, ranking uh, effects from that. So, you know, you could go, can you give an example? Like, like I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, Project X, but we, you know, we we did this like coffin shelf. All right, so this is just yeah. a general, you know, home product. It's a coffin shelf. So then, I'm not, you know, it's not a humongous account. Um, you know, I'm not a millionaire, or it's not a millionaire behind this account. You know, maybe there's a there's a decent marketing budget of, I don't know, let's say a thousand dollars a month or something. Like, what would you do? We're, like, I'll just say right now, we're not running Google Ads right now. So like, yeah. to 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 send more traffic from outside, I would. Well, so what's step one? Like, I'll tell you right now, I don't even have a Google ads account. I don't know yeah. anything about it. So please teach me as a complete noob on this, what general step-by-step -step would be. Yeah. So Google, P like Google PPC doesn't work for everything, which I think is, you know, kind of important to note. Like, the, so mm. basically what happens is, you know, there's, there's ads on Google. Someone, someone searches like uh nightlight, let's just say on right. Google, or they're looking for the best nightlight. Um, and you know, there's ads running. And so someone will click on one of those ads and it will take them to Amazon and they'll purchase. And so they're purchasing at full price or, you know, whatever coupon you have on your, your product detail page. But these are people like that are interested in your product and are making that purchase. And so it, like, so the, the coffin shell, for example, I don't know how much of a market, like what, I don't know if there's enough kind of demand or search volume for related terms on Google that's going to allow you to get the, like, I, I don't know the product market enough mm -hmm. to allow you to get the volume. So we can't use Google PPC for all of our products, but we can use it for a lot. Um, and so essentially we go set up a Google uh, a campaign on Google, to target a bunch of, you know, related keywords. Let's say we're doing a nightlight. Again, you're going to be searching nightlight for kids or whatever, uh, plug in nightlight, battery powered night, like there's, I don't know the keywords for nightlight, but you, yeah, you can yeah. imagine. And so we set up this Google PPC campaign and we send it to you. Like you can do it a couple different ways. You can send it direct to the detail page, which like, again, you can just drive like good sales volume. Um, sometimes like 
like pretty good sales volume profitably from Google to direct to your detail page. And so we do this at like very significant scale at Thrasio, great revenue profit driver for us. But then you can also uh, switch out instead of going direct to the detail page, you can actually send to a two-step URL, which then helps to drive keyword ranking for that uh, you know particular term that you've targeted, essentially. And so the, the crazy thing about Google, like it's, it's, it's actually pretty wild how potent or effective uh, the each sale is at um, improving ranking. So, you know, like we have this example where uh, I think it was like a 200,000 searches a month keyword. We are in position 100 plus and within like three weeks, we go from 100 something to uh, position 11 by driving one sale every other day um, through Google PPC. And we lost uh, $300 net. That includes hmm. COGS, every wow. Amazon fees and everything. It costs us literally $300 to take a product from you know kind of nowhere to position 11 for a keyword with 200,000 searches a month. No honeymoon period. Like this product's mm -hmm. been around for a while, um, just as an example. So, so is that like, is that an a fully organic sale or, 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 yeah. or, or you just like put an ad and you're just hoping that somebody clicks on it and buys? Yeah, exactly. I mean, wow. this is, you can do like, you know, having a coupon on, on the detail page is going to help conversion having, you know, Amazon's choice badge or bestseller, like all those things that work well on Amazon are going to impact the conversion rate of your Google PPC campaign. And again, like it just, it doesn't work for everything. Like sure. so the coffin shelf, like, you know, probably won't work. Um, in which case, okay. So if we can't get enough volume, sometimes you just can't get enough volume, um, or, you know, just, or any volume through Google PPC, then you can try Facebook ads. Uh, Facebook usually isn't as profitable, but it does kind of open up the range of products that you can drive this external traffic for. So again, you run the same process, run Facebook ads. You have to have like good creative. So it's a bit more kind of involved. Um, and then again, you send to the detail page, you use the attribution program to track performance, and then you could target keywords if you can start getting enough volume. Um, and again, like those sales from Facebook aren't as potent as Google PPC, but they mm -hmm. are still very potent. Like where we, like we drive a surprisingly few number of sales, but see some pretty uh, exceptional results when it comes to ranking. Cool. What, what about your PPC strategy around launch time compared to a, a, a more mature, you know, product. Obviously, obviously at Thrasio, you guys are taking mature products, but then I, I would assume also you, you know, maybe you're, you're 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 launching and expanding the brand, so you have two different sets of of, of strategies. So yeah. So what what are those like kind of two basic, you know, you don't have to go into detail, but but general you know methodology there for PPC. Yeah, our our sophistication on the PPC side around like launch and the interaction between like the SEO team and and. Uh, the new product launch team in PPC for new product launches are, like is still kind of developing. So, I mean, right now, essentially, we just, we are really aggressive in willing to lose money on PPC, especially focused on kind of our primary exact match keywords. Um, so we, like, basically, we're just willing to, to ramp up PPC spend and spend a bit more aggressively there. The, like, we're really aggressive on price. I mean, and, and we do uh, run giveaways. So like mm -hmm. Google PPC doesn't usually convert super well on brand new products. Cause again, like if you're sending someone to a, a brand new listing, they only have a handful of reviews, customer may not convert. Mm -hmm. um, and so like we still run, you know, giveaways, we use some vendor or whatever uh, to help drive ranking. Like we use giveaways on products that are not 
that don't do very well. And sometimes Google PPC doesn't give us enough sales or any sales or Facebook. And so then we have to kind of resort to some other tactics or, or uh, giveaways. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now, going back to the, the Thrasio side, you know, so, something that I've just been curious about, because I really, I, I've never just gone in depth and, and really just t- trying to take a look at, at how uh, aggregators work uh, like Thrasio, but, but just, you know, from a layman's uh, viewpoint here, like I, I've, I've said before on podcasts and things, all right, guys, hey, you know, the more you do, the more you can make your, your, your brand valuable and, and, you know, do some, you know, great social media, build a list and, 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 and have great listings and more and more and more, you know, you'll be more attractive, you know, to somebody who might buy. But then I was like thinking like, wait a minute, what if they're doing so well, <laughs> right. That now does, wouldn't you guys like Thrasio uh, talking about here, like say, oh man, there's not much we can improve on. There's not much upside here. Or wh- where's the line there with, you, you want to have a good brand, but then you still want to kind of show that, uh, you know, th- there's room yeah. for improvement so that you guys are even inspired to buy the brand or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. And so, yeah, just for context, for the audience is like, so Thrasio buys Amazon brands and like the, the thing that we're just hyper-focused on is performance post-acquisition. So, you know, we have team, like a bunch of different teams. We have an SEO team. We have brand managers that are assigned to the product. We have international teams, uh, direct-to-consumer teams. Like so many people all looking at these products focus on driving performance on the back end. And, and that's why Thrasio has been able to, to be successful is because we're able to drive such growth um, post-acquisition. Should somebody literally do every possible thing that they can? Or is there an actual point where that could work negatively where now all of a sudden maybe you look at them like, dang, they're, they're doing like stuff just as good as us. You know, I'm not yeah. sure that there's upside here. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. So it's, it's a great question. And the main thing that we are looking at and kind of judging your business on is what the trailing 12 month profit is. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, if, if you are going to slow down profit, uh, overall so that you can try to like, learn how to build your, um, D to C site, your Shopify store, like you're actually hurting your valuation, right? Mm-hmm. Like in general, you, at least for Thrasio, like you don't really get bonus points for having a website even you don't get Mm. bonus points for selling international you don't get bonus points for like you know having a strong social media presence like sometimes you do like if you have a like really strong position in any one of those then you you, then like you definitely can especially d2c um but your your own website but like for the majority of sellers just going in in like spending a bunch of time to get an extra five thousand dollars a month on your website is honestly probably like not a, a good thing because that means that you're spending focus away from your core area of expertise. Um, and so, yeah, the, the old notion used to be like, oh, you got to do everything. And yeah. like, and I think people were kind of buying for that. But for Thrasio, like, yeah, to your point, like we love seeing that upside when we are looking at a deal, even if it's like, you know, a more expensive deal, but you have a brand that is going to be really uh, easy or, or like, set up well for us to push on, um, you know, D to C on the Shopify store. Like we're, we're just geeked about that. Like we're really excited to do the deal. If you're not on internet, if you're not selling internationally and there's like a good market for your products, like that's really exciting to us. If you're not spending that much on advertising, like that's super exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like we're definitely assessing kind of opportunity for growth if, but we'll still do deals if, if you're like super well optimized, like I've been in conversations where, you know, uh, 
are looking at doing a deal and they say, all right, Casey, you know, what's the opportunity on the SEO side? And like, sometimes I come in there and say like, well, shoot, <laughs> like there's honestly pretty much nothing. Like we're ranking, the products are ranking like top two for every keyword. We already have yeah. editorial placements. We're ranking well in Google. Like um, that, but it's still interesting to us because then it's a good product and it's very unlikely that like we can't optimize in one area. Like we, again, have a big team just focused on our website. Like we have a team focused on getting placement in, in uh, affiliate like blogs and websites. We have a team, like, so we have teams dedicated to all these things, which yep. allows us to have the success and allows us to build upside post acquisition. Like, you know, last summer we bought a brand that was doing like, you know, I, I believe like $30 million a year top line. In the first 30 days, uh, we had like set it on, on pace to do 60 million and that brand is going to do like significantly more um, than that, just because there is like great opportunity to to improve it. And thirty million dollar brand is you know pretty legit. Yep, absolutely. Wow, that's in, that's impressive. So what? Are, I mean, obviously you guys are doing. You you have teams of, of professionals where you know some a lot of these really you know top level sellers. You know they probably ha- are really spe- you know, have a guy who specializes in one thing, or they have some some keyword expert or some PPC expert, but basically you guys have experts in almost every field. But when somebody has, is, is already doing things well, like, like you said, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not going to buy them. You know, uh, if it's a good Amazon business, sure. You, you can, you know, still, still make some profit, but what are some things that by, by, by being so big, like you guys are that you're, even though there's maybe not much upside, you guys can still, you know, become more profitable. Is it like, are you guys like combining, shipments and things logistics you know from from all the different brands and and saving money that way or, or what what are some of these other things that you guys are doing to 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 make sure that you guys are always staying ahead yeah i mean i can't speak to a, a ton of expertise on on like the supply chain side but we do have a lot of you know kind of superior buying power and we, we you know we have again it's like extreme experts on on sourcing and in working with manufacturers and we'll go through and try to consolidate uh how many you know vendors, suppliers you're, you're working with while in, it, both like decreasing costs and improving product quality. Um, so like, you know, we go through, we're, we're testing products and we're working to make sure that, hey, this product's at the quality that we're hoping for. Sometimes we, we get some like pretty serious wins where we're able to, you know, we're, let's say in the bedding category and we're, uh, we buy another betting related, you know, brand, and now we can consolidate suppliers and actually get better deal for for both products or both brands. Um, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, consolidating shipments and, and um, moving inventory, like on our three PLs, like here in the states, mm-hmm. like getting great deals because we're so large. Um, and then, yeah, again, like the marketing side is is where things like really um, we get to like kind of really flex our power. I mean, we we the partnerships that we have, like, uh, you know, a decent amount of it, like I, I can't exactly talk about, but like we have, you know, some really strategic partnerships kind of, let's just say on the marketing or traffic acquisition side that allows us to just pump like really great yeah. traffic that's buying out full price or small discounts to our listings. And that helps ranking and that helps our review velocity and that helps sales. And um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's pretty cool. And again, really follows the like, it, we don't have like this like really killer hack that allows mm-hmm. us to just, you know, put ourselves at position one and, and gain 5,000 reviews overnight. But like, yeah. we just have, you know, I, I joined the company in, in eight, early April, employee 126. And in the US, we have nearly 800 now. And wow. like globally about, uh, I think over 1,200. 
I've talked about this a lot of times on the podcast before with, with different people who, who who have had on that that talk about buying Amazon businesses, but I know we have a lot of new listeners. So just, uh, I know there's not one exact answer to this, but as a rule of thumb, like somebody out there wants to kind of plan out a little bit in the future or know what is needed uh, or know what, you know, they can look forward to if they ever do have an exit, you know, with a company like Thrasio. So, so first of all, like what are the minimums that, you know, kind of like, activity that somebody has to have on their account in order for you to consider them. And then just, again, I, I know that every account is different, but if there's like a baseline or a general rule of thumb for, for how somebody can, can have a rough, rough estimate on what kind of, of, of payday they would have, uh, on an exit, like how would they calculate that? So it's kind of two, two, uh, stage question there. Yeah. Good question. So in terms of like, uh, minimum, like, uh, activity or, or, you know, kind of revenue or we're buying larger and larger brands at this, at this point, but we're still looking at everything, you know, especially if, if like somebody's struggling and, um, you know, wants to like exit as, as quickly as possible or whatever. And we see some upside potential or feel like we can help out in that situation. Like, you know, we'll, we'll look at, at, at everything. Um, in terms of valuation, like price point, there's kind of like a couple pieces to this. There's like kind of three transactions normally that happen. There's the upfront cash, there's some kind of like stability payment, and then like some growth target as well. Mm -hmm. And so we, because we're able to drive growth, like on average, so well post acquisition, like there's the cash upfront and then there's the earnout component. The earnout component is becoming like increasingly meaningful and is like a very important part of our deal because that allows us more cash to kind of do, um, uh, more deals in general. So like all in, again, I'm pretty certain I'm able to say this, like yeah. we're, we're doing on average, it's like five to seven times uh, trailing 12 month EBITDA. That includes, yeah. you know, the upfront cash and then um, the, the earnout component as well. Okay, cool, cool. Now, just a couple more questions before we get into some like quick hitting strategy from you here. But um, I'm not sure if you guys are the first, you, you probably weren't, but you're the first kind of like major player in this market, Thrasio, uh, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. like in this market, but oh my God, like it seems like in the last six months, every month I'm hearing about some press release that you know another company got some funding or hey, we're, we're doing this new way. So like, how has that affected what you guys do? Like, is it now that you find yourselves having to pay more money for, for brands because there's more competition or are you guys just pretty much still businesses as, as usual? Honestly, it, it's largely had a, a net positive effect for us hmm. because there's a lot of publicity at this point, you know, yeah. around like acquisitions. And, and I mean, if someone is like, let's say they get a, a approached by another aggregator, uh, a business does, well, naturally, they're going to say like, okay, well, here's the, the offer I'm getting from company X. Um, so let me go see what other kind of offers I can get. And so naturally, you're going to uh, look at Thrasio, we're the kind of largest player uh, in the space. And so it's actually really helping our, our pipeline. And we're like, you know, like, <laughs> we're crushing our kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. goals for for acquisition so it's been helpful in that way i mean in general competition is good because it like you know forces you to step up forces so like there, there are areas kind of marketing wise where we are i guess maybe being a little more diligent to make sure that uh we're we're like um getting word out about some of the things that we're doing yeah. but like 
honestly, it, it really hasn't impacted us much outside of kind of, um, yeah, d- d- doing so positively. Like one thing I, I really have to give like the founders and, and just the leadership team credit for is like, it's like, we are, have done some amazing things kind of like, you know, fastest company to profitably be a unicorn. Just like the growth has been incredible, but there's <laughs> like the relentless about continuing to grow, trying to like gain new competitive advantages and like really just push the team and ourselves to, to be better and to be able to drive more results and just to like really push the company. I mean, this is a long-term, we want to be the product, uh, consumer products company for the next century. Um, and like that only happens if you are never complacent and just always focus on, you know, how can I, we drive more sales? What's, what's the new uh, tactic in, in like, um, I don't know, pushing your D2C business or what's the yeah. next new channel. So cool. Cool. One last question before we get into to strategy here, but um, completely unrelated to everything else, but people know me for always wearing hats. People know <laughs> you for always wearing beanies and stuff. So now, now everybody always has different ideas about why. And, and it's not that interesting of a story for me. Like I, it's not like a big fashion statement or something for me, but for those who don't know, like I have very coarse hair and, and if I take my shower in the nighttime, you know, I wake up with, with bedhead, but it's not like I can just comb my hair and it, and it cooperates. So instead of, you know, taking another shower, uh, I just wear a hat because I don't want to have bedhead on, on, on calls. And that was kind of like, it just kind of like became a thing all of a sudden, you know, people like, Oh, he always wears hats. But what about you? Do you have any uh, more unique story than that as, as far as why uh, you're a fashion icon in the beanie world? Yeah. Uh, no, man, that's funny. I, I, you know, I always grew up wearing hats. Like, I, you know, my family, my mom, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I've always preferred the way that I look with the hat, prefer the way I look with the beanie. And it's kind of just my thing at this point. Cool. Love it. Love it. That now it's kind of like you, you're almost obligated because that's how everybody knows you. Dude, know. You know, like now yeah. I feel like, Hey, if I do take a shower, but I'm going to helium 10 social, like I'm like, People might not recognize me with just my, <laughs> yeah. my hair. I might almost have to put on a hat. But anyways, all right. Let, we do this thing um, uh, on every episode. It, we usually call it, the, it's called the, or the TST 30-second tip. People give like these 30-second rapid-fire strategies. So for you, though, I'd like to, instead of just doing one, I want to do like maybe two or three or four, depending on the length of each one. And, and the T now can stand for 30 seconds or it can stand for two minutes. Don't think that you're, right. you're um, you know, obligated to stay under, under, under 30 seconds. But uh if you can just give like maybe two or three different uh, strategies here that you think are actionable and kind of unique for, for Amazon, uh, Amazon sellers out there. Awesome. Number one is split testing. You have to be split testing your, pro- your product photography, especially the main image, as, as well as the rest of your image set and your price point. Um, it, sometimes the photo that you think is kind of like intuitively or aesthetically the best does not drive the best conversions and you have to uh, use data in order to guide that decision. Um, and honestly, like one of, the, one of the like tips that people don't think about is you should actually be split testing your like packaging and images before they even go live. Like you could use a tool like PicFu to do this testing up front so that when you go live, you know, especially if you're doing some kind of like design for a label or packaging or something like that, like you, walk away with the design, you like it, but you have no data to really support that. And like, how awesome would it be to have data to, to show that on average, your target demographic prefers your packaging before your uh, over your competitors before you even go live on Amazon. So split testing, pre-launch, 
and post-launch are just so important. You'd be surprised the amount of increase you can see in keyword ranking, or sorry, uh, overall sales from having a, uh, from split testing your main image. Um, and so once you're live, you should be split testing on Amazon um, for that. And there's split testing tools out there. I love it. I love it. All right. Hit us on uh, another one. Yeah. Number, number two is just around like driving this external traffic. I mean, there's plenty of traffic sources, whether it's influencers, we're, we're spending increasingly more time there. I know everybody's talking about it, but like you have like external traffic is how you win on Amazon and you like influencers, Google PPC, uh, Facebook ads, depending on your product, maybe Pinterest ads or YouTube ads. Like you have to have this discipline either through some vendor or in-house, the ability to drive profitable or near profitable external traffic. It is the way in order to outrank, to outsell, and to overall increase your sales velocity enough that you are able to gain the reviews and beat out the competition. All right, one more. I love it. I guess thirdly is just around sourcing. Like I think that people are so ambitious to get their product out on Amazon and start doing all the things that th- th- there's a lot of you know content out there for around you know uh, keyword research and, and and ranking and getting reviews and so forth. But you really a friend of mine he's, you know he says you win on the buy. And so if you have a, a great margin, you're going to have more room for giveaways. You're going to have more room for uh, you know PPC. You're going to have more room for price drops. Like. Uh, you, you you win on the buy, so you have to be relentless about getting the best price. And every single time you're doing a reorder, you should be working to negotiate on getting a better price or better terms so that you have more flexibility um, on, on the backside of things. Awesome. I love it. We got three there, guys. So thank you so much for that. One just last thing here. It's, it's observations, last question. But, you know, back when you were at Viral Launch, you know, one of the things that I always admired uh, about you and, and the company was, you guys were above board, you know, there was other, you know, even though you were a competitor, you know, there was other competitors out there and, 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 you know, they would do like these shady things. Like they would, um, I mean, just on the marketing side, they would always attack our own branded keywords and, and just do stuff that, you know, normally people don't do and, and send out messages to affiliates and be like bad mouthing us and basically lying about, you know, what we can and can't do. And then there's other companies who ha- having nothing to do with competition, but they would do like they would offer services that kind of like would pretty much get you and could get you in trouble with Amazon and they would lie about their data points and, yep. and, and just try and mislead. I know you and I have talked about that in the past, but like you guys never really did that. And now was that like, was that like an, uh, you know, just because that was uh, the way you rolled or it was like, you, that was an actual active thing that you guys would have discussions like, Hey guys, sure. We can see these other people doing this, but let's, let's try and stay uh, above board or it just kind of like happened that way. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things like I like to kind of operate with integrity. You know, that's why I never launched Amazon uh, products. Like mm-hmm. I was originally a co-founder of Thrasio and I, I like gave up that role because I felt like it was a conflict of interest between, you know, my viral launch customers that I had access to their data and so forth. And, and like, um, you know, like just, just selling on Amazon for Thrasio. So like I've always focused on integrity, you know, uh, Manny and I, like we used to talk like every single day, um, you know, yeah, spoken at uh, you know, ten events and and so like so I always wanted to you know do right by by Manny and Guy and yeah just I, th- I think uh, it's it's better to play to play nice and to play fair and absolutely yeah I I I, I like that and I'm I'm sure you're you're bringing that that culture uh, you know to, to Thrasio too now how can people you know reach either find you on the on the interwebs out there or or if, if they're hey uh, I want to get some more information on on what Thrasio can do for me or who should they uh, contact? 
Yeah, great question. Um, so if you are looking, just uh, connect with me. Um, Instagram is is the place where I'm kind of most accessible. Uh, so it's just, you know, my first and last name, Casey Goss. And then, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, so you can message me there, Facebook, uh, somewhat like uh, I'm not the best at getting back to people. And then, yeah, it, it, like email. Um, so if you're looking to like sell to Thrasio or honestly just have any kind of conversation, we have a form on there you can fill out. If you're uncomfortable, like, yeah, just reach out to me on social and uh, I'll, I'll make a connection. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Casey, so much for joining us. Uh, I'd love to have you on uh, next year. You know, um, you've been one of the top, top you know, minds in the entire game and, and probably one of the top five people I admire in this industry since I got into it. So, so keep on doing what you're doing and, and uh, wish you all the best of success. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much for having me.